Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 97, and we are going to take a quick look at the International Brotherhood of Boiler Makers, Iron Ship Builders, Blacksmiths, Forgers and Helpers. So a big old long title, but the reason why it's big and long is because they have merged with quite a few other labor unions, which is why they are big and powerful, which does concern me. But first of all, let me uh, give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual you guys are awesome. So a big shout out to California, Pennsylvania, Louisiana, Alabama, Massachusetts, British Columbia, Florida, New York, Texas, Oklahoma, and Virginia in terms of countries. Let's see the United States, the Russian Federation, and Canada. But first of all, I also want to go over some housekeeping. So I looked up some of those uh, 70 shows that I was trying to remember, and the one that I could not remember that talked about those two paramedics is Emergency. It's a great show, and it's where there there are these two paramedics that are under the umbrella of the firefighter station. So they get to go out and help people. So if you watch the show from its very beginning, you get to see how the the ambulance drivers were considered new. and how things change in their technology so that's really good. Another really good show to watch is Adams 12, Starsky and Hutch, Hawaii 50, the original Hawaii 50, it's great. Hawaii 50 stars Jack Lord, he's a great actor. And um hit let's see that show started in 1968 I think and ran all the way to 1980. And then of course Chips, that's a great show and really good looking guys in that show <laughs> for sure. Um but definitely check those out. It's it's really good clean shows and they're usually on MeTV. That's one of my favorite television stations. It's memorable entertainment television. It's really good. I understand that people do curse, but these shows do not curse, which is awesome. So that's good there. But a little bit of background to this labor union. Um their predecessor, they have several of them because they joined with several International Brotherhood of Boiler Makers and Iron Ship Builders, National Brotherhood of Boiler Makers, United Cement, Lime, Gypsum and Allied Workers. Let's see International Union, So Furnace and Allied Appliance Workers and an International Union, um let's see Western Energy Workers, Metal Polishers, Buffers Platers and Allied Workers International Union. So sometimes they have the word International Union Union at the front and sometimes at the end. And this particular union was founded by the boiler makers back in 1880. So it goes back quite a bit. They are now headquartered in Kansas City, Kansas. They have locations in the United States and Canada. In terms of members, they have 49,491 members as of 2018. Their current president is Newton B Jones. They do have some subsidiaries and and this is a little concerning to me. The first one is the International Brotherhood of Boiler Makers Campaign Assistance Fund. Then they have the International Brotherhood of Boiler Makers Legislative Education Fund. They have the International Brotherhood of Boiler Makers Archives. Then they have the International Brotherhood Cajun Realty Corporation. That concerns me because now they're involved in real estate but has nothing to do with their occupation. Then they have the International Brotherhood uh, Building Corporation, which is part of construction. A little concerning there. Then they have the International Brotherhood of Real Estate Holding Company. That concerns me because holding companies tend to hold millions of dollars, but it it will show later as to why. They have affiliations with the AFL, CIO, and the CLC, the NABTU. As of 2004, I shouldn't say as of 2014. In the year 2014, their revenue was forty-one million one hundred sixty-seven thousand fifty-four dollars. but their expenses for 2014 was 40,578,455 dollars 
as of 2013 they have 101 employees and let's see here they they do have locations in the United States and Canada but they have also recently merged with a union based out of um what's called the UK and Ireland and that concerns me there we will discuss that a little bit later so but here it says the boilermakers union has a four year apprenticeship training program before becoming a journeyman boilermakers primarily work in nuclear and fossil power plants i find that really odd because a lot of these labor unions align themselves with the democratic party and the democratic party tends to be against nuclear power and against fossil fuels So if the Democratic Party had their way, they would completely abolish and get rid of all these jobs that deal with nuclear power and fossil fuels, but yet that would get rid of hundreds of thousands of jobs. So I think it's very weird that labor unions align themselves with the Democratic Party when the Democratic Party doesn't really care about them. They're just using them for money and for votes. So I wish more labor unions would wake up to the fact that they are being used by the Democratic Party. So that does concern me there. It says they also work in shipyards, refineries and chemical plants. Now refineries and chemical plants the Democratic Party is completely against. So there again, more jobs will be lost if the Democratic Party could get rid of those jobs. This particular work involves welding, rigging and fabricating. And it says here, uh, you know, their beginning does go back to 1880, but some of the other labor unions that they merged with go back to different times. So the it says here The International Brotherhood of Boilermakers and Iron Ship Builders they organized October 1st, uh, 1880. The National Brotherhood of Boilermakers they originally formed in Atlanta, Georgia in May 1888. So we have some mergers there as well. Then they have their affiliation which occurred um with the AFL that occurred in 1896 in terms of the American Federation of Labor. Then they have the Helpers Division. Um the helpers division was added to them. So it says in subsequent years the brotherhood continued to grow and in 1902 the helpers division was formed. Because helpers were barred from sitting in the lodge room with mechanics, this new division had its own local unions and was entirely separate from the boiler makers. This would change a decade later when the helpers division would be consolidated with the mechanics division. So they're trying to bring people together. That's good. Then they had a name change in 1906. They had a couple of different name changes because they were merging with other um trades unions as well. And it says here, uh the Boilermakers affiliated with the Building Trades Department of the American Federation of Labor in February 1931. At the turn of the century, total membership stood at about 8,500, but by 1944, due in part to the dramatic increases in the shipbuilding, railroad and fabrication shop industries during World War II, the boilermakers numbered over 350,000. Now what's interesting is that that number has dropped by a little over 300,000 in terms of membership even though those industries are still around. You don't have to be at war in order to have a tremendous industry. So I find it interesting that they couldn't keep their members. Now here's the thing, they've had six different mergers with different labor unions. However, these mergers are technically monopolies. You know, it's illegal to have a monopoly in the private sector, so I don't know why it's being legal or seen as legal in labor unions because it's really not legal because they're affecting a whole industry and they are they are affecting industry, the economy, and so many other things with this because monopolies are illegal for a reason. It's because you want competition. So 
being that these people keep merging, 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 and taking over these other different labor unions, it's one way that they get to take over different industries, which is why these monopolies are supposed to be illegal. The first merger occurred in 1954. They merged with the International Brotherhood of Blacksmiths, Drop Foragers, and Helpers. So that's concerning there. The second merger, or quote-unquote monopoly, was when they merged with the Brotherhood of Drop Foragers. That occurred in 1919. And then it says, da-da-da, they created, oh, I take that back. It says a 1919 merger with the Brotherhood of Drop Foragers created the union that on June 29, 1953, merged with the Boilermakers to create the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, Iron Ship Builders, Blacksmiths, Foragers, and Helpers. So a year later, a new international seal was adopted to include all crafts. So they're merging with several different ones here, drop foragers, iron ship builders, blacksmiths, and helpers. So quite a bit is going on from 1919 to 1953. And then if you look at their seal, it changes quite a bit. And if you notice the different seals, here's the thing. A lot of their seals, this is very common with labor unions and trade unions, they, they look like um, the Freemasons, which is a cult. So you need to be very careful about what labor unions you join and what they stand for because a lot of them do not stand for what America stands for because a lot of these labor unions were founded by fascists, people that were not pro-America. They were just pro the worker and pro taking over a company or an industry, and that's not the American way. Because if you're trying to take someone over or take over a company, then you're not for the U.S. Constitution and you're not for the private sector, which is where all these jobs are located because they are not federal jobs. They're not state jobs. They're not uh, civil or civic jobs. They're private sector jobs. And they function specifically, all jobs function under the United States Constitution, yes, but private sector is specifically uh, protected by the U.S. Constitution as well as your state constitution wherever your labor is taking place. Now, in terms of their health and welfare fund, that was created um, in 1954, and then they added a pension trust fund in 1960. So good there. They are protecting their workers. Um, they created a construction division in 1977. I don't know what that has to do with Boilermakers, but they're branching out and they're trying to get more monies and more members, which I understand why, but at the same time, that's becoming a, a monopoly. Their third technical monopoly or merger occurred March 15, 1984, when they voted to merge with the United Cement, Lime, Gypsum, and Allied Workers International Union. Again, that concerns me quite a bit with that. Their fourth merger or monopoly occurred on October 1st, 1994, and this occurred with the Stove, Furnace, and Allied Appliance Workers International Union. That concerns me there as well. Their fifth merger or monopoly, this one occurred December 1st, 1994, and it was in regards to merging with the Western Energy Workers, which was an independent union. It's a small one, but they're still merging. So what's interesting is that they're merging with a union that specializes in coal stripping, coal strip mining, which if you go along with the Democratic Party and the EPA, they don't want that to exist. So why would you merge with something that is not really wanted by your political party? I find that really odd. The sixth merger or monopoly occurred in October 1996. when they merged with the Metal Polishers, Buffers, Platers, and Allied Workers International Union. That concerns me there, and this one has shops within the United States and Canada. 
So, you know, we need to be careful who we align ourselves with because other nations do not have our laws and we don't have their laws and there's a reason for that. It's because we are independent nations, right? So then we have the transatlantic merger that started to take place or the beginnings of it started on February 8th, 2020 and it is between this um labor union and the British and Irish trade union the transport Sal- salaried staffs association which has nothing to do with boiler makers it only has to deal with transport so that concerns me there but this merger um was voted yes and um it was backed that that vote was backed on March 2nd of this year so that concerns me quite a bit because you know Britain and Ireland are nothing like the United States. They have totally different labor laws, they have totally different tax brackets, and they have their labor their labor industries are completely different than the United States. We have um a way better currency because we don't have the British pound and we don't have the the euro. Um we have way more citizens, we have way more workers, um we have safer working conditions. We also have more industry here, so we have way more money available. So that's why I always get concerned whenever our labor unions merge with labor unions in other countries because they don't have as much influence and they don't have as much money. So they tend to use us as their personal piggy bank which I don't like. So it's it's one of those things that you need to be careful who you merge with and who you align yourselves with because whoever you associate with you sorry my table is squeaking. Um You need to merge with somebody that mirrors what you are. The UK and Ireland are nothing like the United States. I think we foolishly become fascinated with them because of their accent like Tom Hiddleston and you know I can't think of any uh, Irish actors per se. Um but it's just, you know, do, do they have some good-looking people over there? Yes. You know, is Tom Hiddleston hot? Sure, but you know, that doesn't justify doing business. with their trade unions like that because here's the thing they have a whole lot more labor unions and trade unions over there and they halt and stop a lot of businesses so they're not known for being very smart in regards to their labor when it comes to these unions because they act like they own the company when they don't see that's a big problem over there so i just think we need to be careful with these things because it it really how to describe this I think sometimes people merge with international associations just to look cool and to do name dropping, but you need to be careful about who you're marrying in regards to, you know, whenever you're joining an organization like that because whenever you merge with somebody, you're basically marrying into that organization. And if if you're not really compatible, so to speak, then you shouldn't really be together. Even though you may share the same occupation, it doesn't mean that you think the same, that you come from the same background. And in this case with this transatlantic merger, it's not even the same type of job. It's really about monies and political power. So that concerns me there because the last thing I want is for the the UK or Ireland to sub, to donate monies to the Democratic Party here in the United States and I also don't want monies from the United States going towards their labor parties over there cuz we shouldn't be interfering with each other's elections like the Democratic Party through such a big hissy fit over Russian collusion and Russia interfering with our election which I don't believe they did I think that's stupid I don't I don't think they did that I think Russia is concerned with our elections for sure 
but I don't think they interfered with it. But here's the thing: if we are aligning ourselves with labor unions in other countries, and our labor unions are predominantly Democrat, why wouldn't these other labor unions overseas start dropping money into our Democratic Party, into the political campaigns? If that's not infiltrating, infiltrating and affecting a election, I don't know what is. Like if the Democratic Party is going to throw a hissy fit over the trumped-up charges of Russian collusion and Russia interfering with our election, then how come they're not throwing a hissy fit over these international alliances in regards to labor unions? Well, the reason why they're not throwing a hissy fit is because they get monies from these from these international labor unions via the national labor unions that are in the United States, but are allied with others across the seas. So I do think it's a problem because a lot of these labor unions are in the back pocket of the federal government, and vice versa. So it, it's just really concerning to me that this stuff is allowed because, put it this way, if if Republicans did this, if the Republican Party had all these labor unions in their back pocket, and they were conglomerating with labor unions overseas and then receiving monies via the labor unions. That they are affiliated with here in the United States, the Democratic Party would throw the biggest hissy fit on the planet about that. But no one's looking into okay, why is this being allowed and tolerated? Because you know, you know, elections of a country belong to that country. For example, elections in the UK belong to the people of the UK. It does not belong to me or to you, if you know, unless you're listening in the UK. But here's the thing. Elections should not ever be messed with. I think that's wrong. And one way that elections get tampered and messed with is by contributions from donors, because money has power. That's just how it is. There's nothing new to that. But we need to use our monies wisely. And I think these labor unions and trade unions giving all this money to the Democratic Party, and this one doesn't say how much they give, but I bet they do. I think it's a mistake for them to use money for that. I think it's a mistake for them to use membership dues and fees to give to any pol- political organization, because that's that's not what it's for. It's for the worker. I mean, I always find it interesting whenever the Democratic Party, you know, throws a hissy fit over how wealthy some people are, especially Republicans or even just business owners. But yet, there are so many Democratic uh, politicians. Democrat politicians that are super wealthy, but they don't call them out on the money that they make and the money that they receive, especially in political contributions. I just find that really weird. And one way that they get around it is by giving their monies to the Democratic Party or, or like the the Democratic um, the Democratic National Convention or something. They're just moving monies just like a holding company does. So, but no one calls them out on it. Because they don't want to look there, you know. It's like I've said times past: greed is not just in Wall Street; it's everywhere. It is everywhere. That doesn't mean it's appropriate. That doesn't mean it's okay. But if if you're only looking in one spot, you're totally missing the majority of it, and that's very unfortunate. But anyway, I will go ahead and end this podcast, make it short and sweet. But until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye bye.
Still hold 